Welcome to Discover Indie Film. I'm Jeff Howard, and I've got Adam Peltier with me. Hey, Adam. Hello, Jeff. Hey, all right. So we just had a kick-ass talk. It might be called an interview. I don't know, but I call yeah. it a talk. I would call it me rambling, but hey, you know, would, we'll let, we'll let would, the listeners I decide. I would argue vehemently with the <laughs> rambling comment. But if people want to get to know you and your work better, listen to the podcast before this one. Uh, we talk about Space Junk. We talk about Men Grieving. Those are your two films. We talk about... I actually forced Adam against his will to start from like birth <laughs> all the way through uh, school, West Point, uh, you know, drama school. So this young man has a master's degree from CalArts. So, I mean, you know, we covered a lot of ground. Oh, I, I wow. feel like I, I know you better than people I've known for 20 years. <laughs> but this pod, and, and people should watch your work. They should go to TV High, go to watchtvhigh.com and watch Space Junk. Yes. And, uh, you know, someday, someday, maybe Men Grieving. Maybe. On there too, but Men Grieving is still on the festival circuit. That's right. Festivals don't like you releasing your film before they've got their they hate it. greedy little fingers <laughs> on its throat. So anyway, <laughs> that's how you learn more about Adam. That's how you watch his film. Yes. But this podcast... Adam will be answering the Discover Indie Film 4 questions, which are name three films you love or mm-hmm. three favorite films, mm-hmm. name an underrated film, name an overrated film, name a lesser known film that people should seek out. Okay. Just a fun excuse to talk about movies. Love this. Because uh, it's fun. And it's very intentional. I didn't say like the best three of all time, just three favorites, just films you love. Which I like. I love that question because... Uh, the three best is like what that's like irrelevant to me it's like what does that even mean but three favorites is is awesome because it for me it changes on the day depending on you know oh yeah and like eras of our lives right yeah. like they're the uh, you know your favorite film when you're a kid and then your favorite film in the middle of life and then your favorite film where you are now yeah but but so here go ahead okay and, so and, my three and i'm actually this is also my my letterbox. I know there's a four. There's four on the on the letterbox thing, but the three three of the four that are on there um, favorites of all time: The Fall by Tarzan Singh. Have you heard of this film? I have. Okay, it's it's incredible. Uh, the follow. Well, I mean, it's not a sequel, but the one he did after The Cell. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, one of the most incredible films I've ever seen in my entire life. I remember seeing it very very young. It blew me away. I've never seen anything like it since incredible incredible director tarzam incredible like commercial and music video director uh, but this film in particular i'm just going to give a little uh, and I'll, I'll go fast because jeff wants me out of his house um <laughs> actually there's the rat i can hear the rabbit clicking that he wants you to scratch his ears again oh, fantastic good 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 we will we will be doing this shortly then <laughs> but so tarzam the, the thing i love about the fall too not only is it incredible visually he used all of his own money from all the commercial gigs to fund the film himself because no one else wanted to to make it. Um, and it's filmed like over the course of like, I believe like five to six years in like 11 different countries all over the world. Like it was, it's an incredible undertaking and it is so breathtaking. I think I believe like Roger Ebert, when he like reviewed it was like, if you see this movie, like only, I mean, if there's only one reason to go see it or whatever, I forget how I kind of phrase it. And I'm you know, not as eloquent as Roger Ebert is, but like he was so, I remember reading in his review that he was, his breath was taken away by seeing an elephant swim in the ocean. And it's like, there's just so many incredible things in this, in this film 
got to check it out if you haven't seen it. It's kind of hard to find. Apparently, Tarzan's got a new film coming out, um, and they ask him about um, the fall, and he's, he's his number one thing after he does the festival run with this new film of his uh, is to make sure that there's like a, a 4K uh, version available to everyone with the fall because you can't find it on Amazon. You can't find it streaming anywhere. Um, so that's his next thing he's, he's tackling. I actually bought a Blu-ray years ago, and now if you want a blu- Blu-ray on Amazon, it's like $300. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize it disappeared. I yeah. have a copy. You do? Yeah. Are you serious? This is that's like a no, that's a I weird have, that's a weird thing. No, no, I have a copy because my wife and I love him and we love the cell and we love that. So the cell so rips. I kind of you hate because the it was unavailable. I, I torrented it. Oh, the fall? Be- yeah, oh, because you I couldn't. Mean, no, because I mean, you, because yeah, I'll only torrent if like it's inaccessible. It's literally impossible to find. it on another. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's okay. Because, I mean, it really is. It is impossible to find. And he's like addressing that problem. Because it is a, whether you like the film or not, it visually it is a masterpiece. Like it needs, it needs to be seen. Um, I love that you own the movie. This, I've never met someone that has a physical copy of this film. You have a physical copy of it? You do? Yeah, but, but, uh. But I only watch it the version I downloaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's Cause, fine. Because I, I actually think no, I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm like putting you on the spot here. I don't even have a DVD. I don't have a DVD player. Yeah, I had one, and then I don't. But I, I, I still have. We actually copy. have in our bedroom a DVD VHS combo player. Incredible. Not plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting there. Because my wife has a VHS of The Wiz. Oh my god! And she loved that. She grew up on that film and loved that film. That's funny. And that's why we held on to the DVD-VHS combo that was in her dad's house when he passed. Well, because so, there's, there's no DVD copy of, there's of The Wiz. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if you can see no, The Wiz. There's only a but VHS copy. <laughs> I know. I've, I definitely don't have any VHS anymore. Oh, yeah. All no. Right. All right. So The Fall. Okay, the Fall Carson by Tarzan. is amazing. Yeah, amazing. Incredible director. Um, and then I would also have to say uh, The Heartbreak Kid by Elaine May. One of my favorite films, I mean, that's why I'm telling you this, but it is one of the, one of my most favorite films of all time. And it is, I think, one of the best movies ever made. And again, another film is almost impossible to find anywhere. And I'm not doing this to be pretentious. These just are films that have blown me away. And I watched these films when I was very, very young. And that's the Patrick Dempsey one? Is that my memory? No. Is my memory right? No. The Heartbreak Kid is with, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, He's in Midnight Run. Um with uh uh not Robert De Niro but um the De Niro Groden one? Yeah Groden, yes. It's, Charles it's Grodin. Charles Groden oh, is the right. lead in Charles Groden. Yeah, it's yeah. a much older film. Yeah, yeah. Older, yeah. older film. Oh yeah, there's there's a remake that the Fairley brothers did with like Ben Stiller and stuff. Um that should that film does not exist. Don't even look that one up. But Elaine May's Heartbreak Kid, it is absolutely incredible. It's the movie I watch before I write down start writing any script or before I start filming that the, you can find the heartbreak kid. It's on. Um, so there's a crazy little story with this film is a back in the seventies when it was made um, big pharma, big uh, pharmaceutical companies were getting into the movie business and a pharmaceutical company owns the rights and has the film and will not release it, which is why it cannot be, it cannot be seen anywhere. So there's a Vimeo, there's on Vimeo, you can watch it, and there's a YouTube version. Again, the quality is, it is watchable. It's not like a, 
it's not a terrible version, but it's definitely not, you know, right, 1082 right. So it's the 72, 1972, right. Yeah. So it's a yeah. bummer. And there's a whole organization trying that is kind of like the movies we've lost. And there's a, that's one of the films like on, I think it's called the movies we've lost or movies, I don't know, forgotten films that they're trying to get somehow, but they've reached out to that company and they have no interest in allowing anyone to distribute. Yeah, it, they make is, too much money on pharmaceuticals. To, wow. How yeah. That, so it's, it's locked away somewhere. That's a documentary waiting to be made. I know. I, want to make a, I honestly want to make a movie about guys, some people trying to steal, break into that vault and get the, get the movie out. That'd be an incredible heist film. I mean, I know it sounds like I'm virtue signaling, but I've always thought like Elaine May got the short end of the entire world stick because, yeah. because she and Mike Nichols are both geniuses. Yep. And geniuses, geniuses. And she's just as and genius they, as him. Yeah, and but the dude got this amazing career, and the woman made amazing films and didn't no. get and the career he got. It's such bullshit because the her movies are so good. Even Ishtar, yes, the movie that everyone goes is a big flop, actually rips and is way better than most directors' films. I mean, it is not a bad movie. It is. It maybe it's her worst film, but it's. Yeah, but the worst film made fault. by a master. It's like not she, her fault. Not her fault at all because... She was not in charge of that. Yeah, yeah. And With those two motherfuckers? Oh my gosh, yeah. It's bad. There's whole stories of like her, that. Her Warren only mistake Beatty. was taking the gig. I know, I know. Well, she thought Warren Beatty was going to like... He was all championing her and then was like, you know what? I kind of want to have control over this movie. Yeah, he changed his mind. Said, yeah, nightmare. I don't know. Oh gosh. I know people respect his directing... But I kind of don't. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of don't. Hot take, but I support that take. I think he's somewhat unremarkable. I'm going to be honest with that. Um, but but we have remarked upon him on this podcast. But Elaine May, any one of our films, honestly, Mikey and Nikki's incredible film as well. Uh, a New Leaf, her first film, is fantastic. Uh, even Ishtar is excellent. But I do think The Heartbreak Kid, you can you can easily find it, and it is a watchable quality um, absolutely incredible. I watch it again every time before I start filming or writing. And there's a scene in the trailer that is incredible of Charles Grodin um, going because his character has gone on a honeymoon. And this, the premise of this film is he falls in love with another woman and needs to convince that woman's parents that uh, she should be with him. And even though he's married, and then he has to convince the person he just married five days ago to uh, divorce him. So it's a, it's, it is a, one of the most uncomfortable comedies ever made, which translates to my, I love uncomfortable comedies. Um, and Grodin is a genius too. Yep. Always been. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just going to flex for a moment and share that in 1986, uh, after my senior high school, I was working at the Big Five Sporting Goods in Studio City and sold shoes to Charles Grodin. Oh, whoa. Was he like I sarcastic? Tried. I can't remember what size. No, he was. Was he nice? Oh. He, was, he was actually almost a little standoffish, but okay. he was, but he wasn't rude. That's his vibe but, though. But when you, yeah. but, but you know, as a high school kid selling shoes at yeah. a sporting goods store, uh, I got to sell shoes to a couple famous people. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I what are you going to do? And Grodin, I was like, Hey, I recognize him. He probably figured out this teenager doesn't recognize me. <laughs> Probably, that was probably his that's attitude. Probably, he's like, oh, God, this guy's this little land. shit. Just give me a size nine, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you got small feet, Chuck. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but it, it, it's incredible film. And th there's a scene where he's convincing the, the dad of the girl he's now just fallen in love with um, to let him take his daughter. It is the most uncomfortable scene I've ever seen. And that scene's immediately followed up with him divorcing his wife. <laughs> this is not a spoiler at all. But trying to divorce his wife uh, on their honeymoon. It is 
so uncomfortable. You know, sounds brilliant. like uh, it's very informative of of how not to live. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's it, it, again incredible, incredible film. Definitely, definitely check it out on YouTube or or, or, or uh, Vimeo. Um, and then, okay, my third film I'm going to throw out there is a Robert Altman film that I feel like no one talks about, and it's 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 I think it's one of the best films ever made. Um, California Split. With Elliot Gould. Have you seen this film? I No, I don't think so. Okay, so it is getting some resurgence, I feel like, or some appreciation, because it's on the Criterion channel. You can watch it. I think it's on Mubi as well. Um, Brilliant. I mean, like, Altman had, like, a run of, like, masterpieces, and this film's kind of caught in the whirlwind of those masterpieces, but it is, it's probably the best gambling movie ever made. Elliot Gould is incredible in this film, and um, bringing on the other guy that's in it, that's the the co-star, uh, but it's essentially these two losers find a winning streak. George Siegel. George Siegel. There we go. And they are they are electric together. They are. It, it is it is such an incredible film. Elliot Gould is another. Like Charles Charles Grodin, and Elliot Gould are like touchstones for me as like actors. Um, and and then again, Altman and Elaine May are like. To the biggest inspirations for me, for sure, um, the masters. You can name yeah. your fourth. Real my quick. fourth. Yeah. Okay, real quick. Um, it's the that. And this is what you'd see on my letterbox right now. Uh, it's the Darjeeling Limited um, by Wes Anderson. No one talks about this movie. I fucking love this film. I think it's maybe his best film. Uh, I think it's just. It's a film that explores grief and these three men that are grieving um, and how they're all grieving differently. And I just think it's there's something so beautiful about this film. It's also very short. It's one of his shorter films. So I think it's like a, a, a brisk 90 minutes. Um, and it was made, I'm trying to think, right around, I think it was made after Life Aquatic. So kind of the early run of his films, which I think are all bangers. Bottle Rocket, uh, Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic, and then this. I mean, it's like, those are incredible other stuff is all right but um but darjeeling limited i mean i i saw it when i was again pretty young I saw it in theaters and i was obsessed with this film obsessed with the train how they shoot on this train um just the three brothers their dynamic the acting the comedy the drama how it's making me laugh one second and then you know later on in the film there's this um there's kind of two funerals in this movie, one that happened in the past and one that the three brothers are going to. And they're kind of spiritual, spiritual journey they go on. It's, it's so beautiful. It's one of the, it feels like one of his most personal films um, and a director that I don't think necessarily makes personal movies anymore. Doesn't yeah, no, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty removed yeah. from it. I mean, still brilliant. St- still, I completely I, I, agree. I, I, still I love brilliant. the stuff. I love the stuff. Asteroid City, I'm a big fan. There's a little bit of a I haven't gotten a to heart, see it yet. Heart but... in there. From yeah, like exactly. like in his earlier. Look, things. I think uh, Isle of Dogs is perfection. Oh, I love that movie's hilarious. And makes me weep, makes me laugh. Everything about it. It's stop fantastic, Mr. Fox. I mean, Amazing. yeah, yeah. He Amazing. he's someone that is like consistently good, but I feel like he's his films have gotten less and less personal. And I feel like those earlier films, there is just like every character's experiencing grief and loss and and trying to figure things out. I mean, one of the scenes. One of my favorite scenes of all time, I'm sorry, I'm like tangenting, is in the Royal Tenenbaums when, when uh, Richie Tenenbaum, the two scenes, Richie, you know, Shea, you know, the, does a big act in this film played by Luke Wilson. It's one of the most jarring scenes and one of the most intense scenes in any Wes Anderson film, in any film I've ever seen. Um, incredible. And then there's a line of dialogue that Ben Stiller says in that film where he goes near the end of the film, 
when he finally sits down with his dad, played by Gene Hackman, and, and he just says these words, you know, I, I've had a rough year, or it's been a rough year, and he just starts weeping. It's like, man, like those moments are incredible. And Darjeeling Limited is kind of like a whole movie of those kind of moments and that vibe um, that Wes Anderson doesn't really explore, I feel like, anymore, except a little bit now in, 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 in Asteroid City. He's kind of returned to exploring some grief. It's a good problem to have that you've made so many feature films that you, it's <laughs> yeah. become, you know, more craft than inspiration. Yeah. But, clearly yeah. he has different interests each time. Yeah. He clearly he's trying to push himself as a filmmaker. Um, so, again, he's like one of the one of the best all time filmmakers. So, um, but, yeah, those are those are those are the three plus the fourth. Um, those are movies that have changed my life. too. Excellent. As well. Excellent. All right. Uh, a film that you consider underrated. Underrated. Um, honestly, what I could say is all the films in my top three slash four. I was going to say, are, yeah, they they uh, they would all wildly underrated um, and underappreciated. Particularly Darjeeling, I think, because specifically, yeah, that's the one that never gets a lot of people. About. A lot of people knock it, but then the fall, no one talks about. Yeah, there is some some people knock Darjeeling a lot, um, and then again, California Split, no one talks about because of all the great works that Robert Altman has, and then even Heartbreak Heart. Heartbreak Kid, because it's so hard to find. But I'm actually going to throw something else out there. It's underrated. Um, I think Emily the Criminal that came out, um, I think like last year, two years ago. I'm blanking on the director's name, but Aubrey Plaza's in it. It's on Netflix right now. It's not a Netflix movie, but it's on Netflix right now. It's nominated for a bunch of independent spirit, spirit awards. It's an incredible film. Totally. I was like, this is that was my favorite film, I think, of 2022. I loved it so much. I think it was fantastic. Um, and I felt like more people need to be talking about that film. Aubrey Plaza is incredible in the movie. The direction's incredible. I think it's going to be in a rotation for me when, before I start filming. I think the filmmaking is like excellent. It's not overly flashy, but it's not overly simplistic. It is like perfection. It's like everything is supporting uh, performance and directing and the writing. All of it's supporting each other. It's like such a good movie. It's, it's excellent. It's like and it's like ninety minutes too. Yeah, and I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned it because. I still haven't caught it. Oh. I've been aware of it. It's been Catch on my radar. It. Catch but it, also, baby. I think Aubrey is just excellent. Yeah, yeah. She's, I don't think. I don't think she. I, as beloved as she is, she's a little underrated. I think as an actor because so she's she's more than just like a one note. You know, yeah. she's not just the character from Parks and Rec. Can I mention something else that's underrated? Um, Hal Hal Hartley films. Um, she's in one. Ned Rifle. I feel like that's her first kind of. Holy shit! I haven't seen a Dude. I haven't seen a Hal Hartley for ages. Dude. But damn, I was deep into him in the beginning. He's one of my favorite directors too. He'd be up there. He, there's a fifth movie I could list. I'd list one of his. I'd, I'd list you know uh, the one uh, Henry Fool, Henry Fool or whatever. But um, Ned Rifle, Aubrey Plaza is incredible. That's another really underrated oh, cool, movie. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this will be fun. Sorry. Yeah. Go. Question number three is overrated. <laughs> overrated. Yeah. This is tough because I don't. You know, I don't think about movies like this and when you described your f- your friend i think on the last thing of, of, of where this this question kind of uh spawned from i do love such an abrasive <laughs> guy in the best way though i love it um yeah the most overrated film it's so hard because i do approach every movie every time i go see a movie i want to like it um and i would have to say there's a couple of movies i do think that are just mentioned too often and that i feel kind of like if this is your favorite movie, I kind of go like, how many movies have you really seen? You know what I mean? Um, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go one that's pretty bold here. These are going to be kind of somewhat general maybe, but I, I just have a couple I'm gonna, I'll throw out there. But I think Godfather is wildly overrated. Francis Ford Coppola is an incredible director and Godfather is an incredible film. 
but it's far from his best movie. Apocalypse Now is is an absolute masterpiece. Uh, Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Um, I mean, that movie is insane. If you haven't seen that, go check that out. I mean, he's got so many bigger and better bangers that I. it's so annoying. There's like a, a TV series about the making of The Godfather, which is a crazy story how they made that movie, but... I don't know. I don't like that the pedestal that film's on when I think he's made way better films and bolder films. Um, and I just also want to throw out another overrated film, uh, Shawshank Redemption. I can't stand it. If someone says that's their favorite movie, I can't stand it. Uh, if someone says Back to the Future is their favorite movie, I can't stand it. I go like, oh. It's like if you say like Shawshank Redemption, and this is me, I'm, I'm, I'm calling shots here. I'm firing shots. But if you say Shawshank Redemption or like Back to the Future – or like a Star Wars or something like that is like your favorite film. That's like saying you like water. It's like, of course you do. It's like, it's like, come on, how many, how, and now, now, now I think it can be in the mix of your favorite movies, but if that's your favorite film. I just, it's just really one of those. If one of those are your favorite, I've hear those so often. People love them. I'm just like, ah, get out of here. Come on, see some more movies, see more, you know, I'm uh, aware people love Shawshank. Yeah. And obviously, I'm aware people love Back to the Future and yeah. Star Wars. I do have a spot in my heart for the very first Star Wars movie that sure. I saw in 1977 called Star Wars. Everything that sure. happened after that film, sure. I piss off Star Wars fans because I'm like, Empire sucks. Like, like I, believe it or not, all the stuff I don't like about the prequels start happening in the second film. Yeah, but, you're not uh, wrong, Jeff. And and Back to the Future, I think, is, is wonderful in many, many ways. Incredible film. But Incredible film. Shawshank, I was always like... It's good. Yeah. It's good. It's fine. But what's the it's fuss good. about? What's the fuss about? What are we talking? I mean, it's... it's- I, I, might, I might be married to someone who says that's a favorite film. And I'm like... <laughs> oh, no. I'm like... It's okay. I'm like, cool. It's a good film. <laughs> yeah. I just go, it's a good film. It but just, what makes it so special? I don't know. It just seems like a, an answer you give where it's like, it's like, that's like an AI generated answer of like, it, there's nothing... Oh, another movie I'm going to throw out there. This might... Because I saw this... In the past couple of years at the New Beverly Theater, Quentin Tarantino's uh, place. Um, seven. I think Seven's overrated. I haven't seen it since it came out. I think it's overrated. I loved it at the time. I th- again, all these movies I'm mentioning are actually, they are deserving of being rated. They are yeah, yeah. good. But uh, I think... I, wow, no, it's when people run around overrated. saying, you know, The Dark Knight's the best film oh, ever made. I'm like, I'm like... Really? Because I don't think Chris Nolan likes it. That's that's far from the best Christopher Nolan film. I think Dunkirk's the best Christopher Nolan film. Interesting. Um, uh, but I do think um, uh, Seven's wildly overrated because Venture's best movie is Zodiac. Let's just be honest here. Interesting. That's a masterpiece. Interesting take. Interesting I know. Take. So I'm, I'm giving you a lot of... Uh, no, no, no. It's 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 <laughs> totally fair. But that's what's fun about that. That's yeah. what's fun about the question. Cause, and I always, I'm glad you went the way you did because the question isn't saying it's a bad film. Yeah, it's just bad. saying... That the respect people give it is is not commensurate to the quality, yeah. and it's funny. And I'm by the way, I'm with you on the Godfather thing in a way because for me, it's Godfather two. Sure, because a lot of people said it's as good as the first or better. And when I watch them both, and I watch them not that long ago, and then not like I watch them every once in a while yeah. together, and I'm like, now there's a big drop off in the second one. You cannot tell me the second one's as good as the first, right? And people are like. Oh, sequels it's, that were better than the first Godfather 2 and, and Empire Strikes Back and I've just shot on both no it's just like it's so not though Godfather 
one is better than two, as I say in Sopranos. And in Sopranos, they don't say part two. They always go two, right? You know, but no, but like, yeah, it's like a way better film, but that doesn't even compare to Apocalypse Now. Or, or or Dracula. Admittedly, I haven't seen Apocalypse Now since like 1985. It's oh, awesome. It's been a long time. I watched it a couple of times back then on VHS. I mean, oh, it was nice. fucking nice. rad. It's a, it is just like a, a feat, like it's a cinematic feat, that film. You know, kind of like, again, Oppenheimer. I'm not like, that's not my favorite film of the year, but like, that's a cinematic feat. You know what I mean? It's like, that is... This is what it could be a masterpiece. Yeah, I think it it's could fair be. To call yeah, it, a masterpiece. it could be. Like yeah. I think I need to see it a couple more times. But like I walked away with being like, that was meant to be on the biggest screen possible. And like I've seen things in that I've never seen before, right? You know. And I feel like Apocalypse Now is like one of those films. James Gray's film um, Velocity of Z is one of those films too. Breathtaking, incredible, incredible film. Have you seen that film? No. Oh. It's a masterpiece too. It's it's. All right. I have to add sorry. it to my list. Yeah. I'll add it yeah. to my list. While I add it to my list, you can answer the last <laughs> one. I do have this movies to watch list, which maybe, maybe someday I'll get to in life. Maybe. But this damn film festivals, I know. like too many people submit, but thank God they do. That's right. It's a good good problem to have. It is a. I am glad I don't have time to watch big Hollywood films. <laughs> But wait, The Lost City of Z. All right. Yeah. Uh, so a, a lesser known film that people should seek out. Um, I think, yeah, because I've been throwing out a lot of titles here. I think there's been a resurgence of this film and a, and a greater appreciation since um, this person died. Uh, uh, Sorcerer, um, the uh, William uh, Friedkin film. It's, it's, it's a masterpiece. It is, it is an absolutely incredible, incredible film. Um, I think it's his best movie. Freakin's yeah. Sorcerer. It, it's better. It's better than French Connection, which is awesome. It's better than The Exorcist, which is awesome. It's better than Killer Joe. It's better than was it, Night Moves. It, it, I mean, there's a lot of bangers uh, the Freakin has. This movie's a masterpiece. It's absolutely incredible. It's like available everywhere. I think to at least rent. To, you might have to pay like two bucks or something. Absolutely, yeah, no, he's he's a master. Yeah. I mean. I mean, Again, these are all good. Like, like, yeah, yeah, you're not knocking the other stuff. You're just saying this movie, Sorcerers. Oh, I, I haven't seen man. Sorcerers. So I'll have to check it out. But check but it yeah, out. Yeah, no. I mean, I I made a point when when uh, the kid came home from a sleepover yeah. and announced she just loves horror films now and only wants to watch horror films. We saw lots of horror together. Yeah, and then I've there was all this demonic possession, and I was like, sit down. Tonight we're watching The Exorcist because you might as well see like the demonic possession film that started them all. Yeah, and, and it's and it holds. Oh, it's a and it held movie. up for like a 13, 14 year old kid. Yeah, who definitely could have looked at it and said, "This is weird. This is dated. Why is it starting with archaeology? Why? I know. Like nothing scary happens for like almost the first hour. Yes, and yet she was completely engaged. He's a master. There's a slow burn. Uh, with that film especially that I think makes the horror more horrific when you see it because it's so jarring. It's so abrasive. Uh, and th- th- I watched it literally the other day. It's on some streaming, s- streaming service right now. And it's like, it's an incredible movie. Have you seen the, uh, like someone obviously took like eight millimeter, 16 millimeter camera in and recorded audiences watching it? Like oh, when it first came out? I, I, I've never listened like to this, people, but I've heard of this. People were passing out. Yeah, they're freaking out. Like literally, like they were losing never their seen minds. anything like that. Yeah, and it's just like I just can't imagine. I mean, seeing something like that today. There's some like, there's some jump scares and shit, but I'm like, I can't imagine what it would have been like 
for like people in mass to be like completely losing it in a movie theater, and people thought like passing out, but people thought losing consciousness. It, it, they, they were like, "This is evil itself." Like we are witnessing evil, and like it, yeah, people were not ready for it. I think that's so that's such a freaking thing of like he's such a kind of transgressive guy. Like you know what I mean? And, and like. I just love, I love, it makes sense that a movie he made had that reaction on people. You know what I mean? Like, and he's got a movie that's actually coming out. I mean, he's, he, that he completed uh, before he died, but I think it's like a courtroom drama. It's no exorcist thing, but. Yeah, my understanding is, yeah, he was, he, lo- he loved the form and he, he wrote books and he, yeah. he did all kinds. Of, yeah, very, very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, we got through your questions. <laughs> yeah. Bravo. Golf Yay. clap. And, uh. I'll get us out of here. There we go. Good. By, uh, the first thing I'll say <laughs> is you should check out Adam and his work. If you want to just follow on Instagram at Big Duck Picks, B-I-G-D-U-C-K-P-I-X. That's where you can check out what festivals he's at, check yeah. out the films, check out whatever. Check out all that shit. Yeah. Slide into my DMs. Slide Talk to in. me. So tell him, tell him what you think of uh, all my choices. If you happen to be listening to this <laughs> and you're really geared up to be like, wait a minute, this guy's got it all wrong. I I don't like the jeerling and I do like Godfather. Whatever. <laughs> Truth is, you did not insult anything. You just said you have different preferences yeah. among the greats, yes. which is fine. Yes, you know, it's like just like I laugh at people who are like argue about the Kobe, LeBron, this that. I'm like, it's all based on when you were born. Yeah. You know, if you guys were old enough to have seen the players I saw in the 70s, you'd be like, they're oh, the no, best. They're, they're the best. But yeah. We all, but we, I think we all can agree Michael Jordan's the best. Yes. I, I, I actually, I actually if you can. don't think Michael Jordan's the best, kinda, there's something wrong with yeah, you. Yeah, that's kind of wrong. And if you think Kobe was held a candle to him, uh, well, then I just feel sorry for your lack of <laughs> intelligence. Because... Uh, Whatever. Should I say the words? Oh, he died. That's right. Like, like you're not supposed to criticize him anymore. It was very inconvenient for me when 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 Kobe passed because then I had to like stop insulting him. I liked seeing your thought. Your you briefly going through in your mind. Like, can I say? Should I'm gonna fuck it. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> should, should, I, should I say the words ball hog? I don't know. Jordan passed. Uh. To Steve Kerr when he knew it would win the game. Yep. That's all I got to say. Boom. That's all you need to say. Done. I need to say. He's, he looked, he made everyone else on his team better. Boom. And that is why he's the GOAT. So anyway. <laughs> uh, that, 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 was a, that was our last <laughs> tangent. I swear to God. I'm on. Go to at Big Duck Picks. All right. Now, thank you for listening to the Discovery Indie Film Podcast. You can learn more if you go to discoveryindiefilm.com. It's at D-I-F wins on social media. Adam's film Space Junk was at the Sherman Oaks Film Festival. We hold that every November at Sherman Oaks uh, FF on social media, ShermanOaksFF.com. Sister Festival, Film Invasion LA. Same beast with a different name, same team. It's FilmInvasionLA.com or at FilmInvasionLA on social media. And at the top, I mentioned TV High, so I don't have to push it too hard again, but go to WatchTVHigh.com and uh, check out a smart tv app slash streaming service that has awesome indie stuff and uh even some classics and enjoy it's good shit and uh you know if you can be responsible if drugs i have friends in recovery i don't take drugs lightly but if you if cannabis can be a part of your life in a positive way 
then you should definitely watch TV High. <laughs> H-I-G-H, if you want to <laughs> spell it out that way. But anyway, Adam Peltier, it was a pleasure. It was an absolute pleasure. And Nothing now, but fun. And now you have a bunny rabbit to scratch on the ears. I can't wait. Cause, this is why I'm here. Because that's really what life is about. Thank you for indulging. Thank you for indulging. <laughs> and thank you, everyone else listening to this who indulged. All right. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.